0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody.
1: It's Dave here with two old bloggers and Darren over there. How you doing, buddy? Excellent, David. How about you? I am doing good. Been rushing to get this show all set up because uh there's a lot of stuff going on and of course we had the post game last night. So mm-hmm. let's get it started. Yes. Time in the pocket, A.D. Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. And we're back. Two Old Bloggers on a Sunday after the game was played. That is a little bit unusual for us, but it is what it is. And it just worked out that way because Darren flew back from Nova Scotia yesterday to Yellowknife. How was
0: the flight? Smooth as silk, Davy, which is, hasn't been the case the past few months when flying throughout Canada, where, where it seems like delays and canceled flights all the time. I don't know how things are going south of the border, but uh, oh,
1: there's been, plenty uh, of canceled flights.
0: It's been uh, a, as they like to say, a shit show <coughs> here a lot of times. <laughs> uh, but uh, our flights are fine. Got back back into Yellowknife at 11:30 uh, p.m. last night, Mountain Standard Time after. I caught three flights and total eight hours on planes. Happy to be, happy to be done. That sort of stuff.
1: And you've caught up. You've watched the game in its condensed form, so you know right. what a snoozer it was. Thankfully, you watched it in condensed Ooh. form and not the long form, because it was an absolute snore fest. It was not an exciting offensive powerhouse game that we hope to see, but hey, we have a few of those, so. It is
0: preseason, but yes, I'm. I'm I'm somewhat glad that uh, I didn't wait all day anxiously, looking forward to that game, and then end up watching what we all ended up watching, which was, like you said, a snooze fest and overall uh, preseason. But a bit of a, you know, bit of a disappointing uh, performance by by the Vikings. Keeping in context that it was. Uh, Backups and backups to backups playing for both.
1: And as as Brian says, vanilla.
0: He says vanilla offense offense,
1: offense, offense. and and also defense. defense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's get into it. Yes, like Drew says, let's talk Vikings football,
0: and we're (laughs) going to do that.
1: We're going to scroll down here, theme one. We have Vikings 49ers. That's a game we're going to discuss. We happened last night. It was preseason game two at U.S. Bank Stadium. It is our only home preseason game of the season, which is probably a good thing because it means we get more home games during the regular season. Nine to be exact. Can't beat that with a stick. And uh, let's talk about it.
0: Yes, let's talk about it. As we, uh, for those that watched last night, you you uh, got to you saw you saw Dave and I have already talked about it was a it was a snooze fest and uh, but the, but yeah so I I think again bit of a definitely entertainment wise David disappointing to watch uh, boring to watch uh, but it's preseason and that's the way it goes when you've got both teams playing backups. And second stringers and third stringers, and in some cases, guys that are going to get cut in a week.
1: Right. Um, and uh, the Vikings held back 27 players. And my buddy uh, Beto from Niners Niner Sickness said the Niners held back 26 players. Literally, the majority of all the starters did not play. Uh, we'll get the into only, the, the actually the only one I saw that did play. We'll get into him here shortly. But. We named this uh, backward stepping. And in it, Kellen Mond took a backward step. He started the game. He had three drives. He looked over, he looked to me anxious and a little bit nervous. And he wasn't in sync. Will Raggots here talks about how long he holds the ball. Uh, He holds it for an average of 3.11 seconds. There's only uh, two other people in the league that hold it that long. That is not a good thing. And when you're nervous, it makes it even worse. But he was battling with Sean Mannion during the evening for who's going to be QB2 or if either of them are going to be QB2. He came in last night. They did uh, Kellen Mond. He did the three series. They brought in Mannion to sort of calm things down a bit, which he did. And then they brought Mannion or Mond back in and Mannion back in, and they did that sort of thing. Kevin O'Connell explained it as they've got to be able to go in and out of a game. So that's why he does it. And that sort of makes sense.
0: Yeah, I don't have a I know that last week uh, the and you can look at it both ways, right, David? On this last week, uh, some people were mentioning about how they didn't like that Mond got pulled uh, by Mannion and and then and he got put back in. They thought that was a bit odd, especially when Mond was playing pretty well. Uh, in this case, but you know, if you're a coach, you want to throw these guys and you're not sure about your backup. You're not sure about these guys and who's who you're going to pick for that position, and that uh, and you so. In this way, you know, throw them in some adverse situations and see how they react to it. And like you said, if you're a backup, you're not playing. You could get thrown in at any moment's notice, uh, and you've got to be able to go in the game uh, without any having touched the ball at all, and go in there and perform well on them like a second's notice uh, mm-hmm. when you've been holding the clipboard all game. So this whole thing about kind of mixing a match and matching, putting them in, uh, you know, I think y- there is definitely merit to doing that, even if it messes up the rhythm for both quarterbacks that if they've gotten in one, but I think that's the, the reality of being a backup quarterback is you, you don't have rhythm. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And so.
1: during the season, you get very few snaps and it's, and you hope not to play on Sunday. You hope to sit there with your clipboard and your earpiece and listen to the plays and look and nod your head. And When Kirk Cousin comes off the field, help him, you know, say, hey, you should have seen this. I saw this while yep. I was watching type of stuff. And that's all you want out of a, you know, of a backup quarterback until you absolutely need him. And hopefully this year, knock on wood, we won't need it. So now it is brought up over the Vikings sphere, everybody talking that with Kellen Mond's poor performance, and it was poor last night. We'll get more into it because it touches on other players. That the Vikings still may be looking out for a new backup quarterback. If you watched our show last week, You've got a good list, a partial list, by far not a complete list, but a partial list of who might the Vikings seek out if they choose to seek out. That's yet to be determined. And who knows? We'll find out. If Drew's
0: not. asking about uh, you know who would you you know, if you were only going to keep two QBs, uh, and I think that's a very distinct possibility here for the Vikings because, like, yeah, there's other positions yeah. where we could probably use an extra body, offensive line, defensive line, corner, all those spots where there's a high rate of injury, uh, high rate of injury for at those positions. And um, this is really – if if we had to cut one, uh, I don't have any say in it, but I would keep Mon just because of the upside factor. And I do think that he looks – a lot better this preseason than he did last preseason, but of course last preseason he looked horrendous, so uh, he had <laughs> quite, a, quite quite a ways to go. But I think he's you know I think he's he's getting there. But and I don't want to get right. into too much of this either because we're going to talk about it in the next theme a bit. But uh, yeah. but you know I would I would pick Mon because uh, he's got all of the qualities that physically that you want in a QB. But I think mentally is where things are missing, and hopefully that the Vikings and and, you know, they can could coach more him experience. and train him yeah. to
1: get that. And I agree with you on your conclusion. Out of the two, I would pick Mond. And if Drew's wondering where that extra ro- roster position goes, it could go in a number of places. One, I, they may keep an extra running back than they normally do because we have so many good ones, Um and they don't want to let them go. So. But it one could be wide receiver. It could be on the defensive line or the offensive line. It could be almost everywhere. So it's just – there's plenty of room th- to keep extra.
0: I think that the one thing I should say about that quarterback question is that I would prefer that they keep they would keep him on, but I'm not even 50% convinced that the Vikings coaching staff would make that same decision um, because for whatever reason, Sean Mannion seems to – he must be really nice guy and uh, get along well with people, especially coaches, because, uh, you know, the previous regime wanted him around as a security blanket. And, a, and you know, uh, and I think right now maybe he does offer more, like you say, on that sideline aspect where if he can go to Cousins with eight years in the league, he can go to Cousins and say, I saw this, I saw that, you know, did you see this? Maybe we should be doing this. Did you miss that? Whereas I don't know if Mond in his second year can offer that same kind of value on the sideline. But on the other hand, I don't know how big of a deal that is for a Kirk Cousins or like, you know, how much value a team puts into that. And if that should be the, the main reason why you keep one guy over the other guy.
1: Uh, and Purple Hayes suggests release mon see if he makes it to the practice
0: squad i don't think that would happen so i, but, I don't know but yeah
1: going over the game last night the vikings lost not that the score <laughs> matters at all um there were some players that stood out there's one in particular that absolutely and I think, was a destructive force
0: yeah and i think anybody who watched the The game knows who that is, and that is Mr. Number Seventy Six back there, Ty McGill, and uh, he was a disruptive force against the Raiders, and even more so last night. Uh, Like everybody, we know he got the one and a half sacks. Uh, He damn near had two others. Uh, the The fumble deep in the in the Vikings uh, inside the ten, the fumble that was caused. He got big time. Immediate pressure right up the gut on that. I think he was also offside, but they didn't. Well, I was call asked it. that last night on yeah. Niner
1: Sickness', show, Niner Sickness yeah. show. He says, Was he offsides? You can say he was offsides then. I said, Well, from the, uh, the camera view, yeah. which was sort of up and above, it looked like he was offsides. But I go, He may not have been offsides because his head is literally a foot away from the football. If yeah. a center just barely moves that football like that, he can go and that may be what happened we don't know because That's we don't have the regular season you know top camera crews right. out there looking down the line and you know all the shots so otherwise it looked offsides but he he got away with it so at least the line umpire thought he was good so and people- yeah he
0: may he may have Timed it perfectly, the ball may have been getting snapped uh, right through the, the center's ass at that time. <laughs> and then and we just all got nobody to move. move. Yeah, all he gotta do the, is all move. All those
1: hands have to do is move, start to move, and he can go.
0: But it was just as I was watching the, the game, time after time after time, McGill was in your like where the play was, T.Y. T. Y. McGill was there, penetrating, making tackles, tackles for losses, the sacks, the near sacks, forcing the quarterback, whether it was Sudfield or Brock Purdy, to throw the ball when they didn't want to. Uh, and uh, he was just—he was the Vikings' best player last night by far, and he's been the star of the two preseason games for the Vikings. And when we you read up about. Uh, from the beat writers they've mentioned him multiple times the past two weeks about how he keeps on making plays and practice so T.Y. and not expected although last year he played in the bit that that final game in the season mm-hmm. final against the Bears and he almost that game I think the Vikings had seven sacks of Andy Dalton T.Y. McGill almost had a couple of sacks in that one himself and I was like who is this guy like I know we sign him off the scrappy but like he looks like a good player in this game and in preseason, he looks like the same guy. Like he is just—he is causing a lot of problems out there. And he's—he's he's on the team. He's made the team already. There's no way that they're cutting this guy.
1: Well, and I was about to bring that up. I think he rounds out the defensive tackle room uh, at at nose tackle. I don't think we're going to get Nadamakansu, an and so I think this is perfect. And I don't know that Nadamakansu at his age could be that sort of player. So now TY McGill's been in the league eight years. It's yeah this is his eighth year. That's he's not a spring chicken, but he seems more invigorated this year and he's doing stuff on the field that we didn't expect from him. And that's a good thing.
0: No, and yeah, like he, he played he broke in with the Colts, he's played with the Chargers, he played with um i'm forgetting kansas, the city, other team. And kansas city and seattle yeah and it, so he's been around the block but uh kind of a guy who a guy i've mentioned a few other times A kind of guy that reminds me of like tom johnson when we got him in 2014 been around the block a few times hadn't really shown much it was kind of a nondescript player that i was like who's tom johnson he gets with us in 2014 and suddenly wasn't a starter was a rotational guy but suddenly he's like Making plays all of the time was one of our better defenders and a late bloomer bloomer, and maybe ty mcgill is is the same thing which is great because along that defensive line based on some of the things i've been seeing these two games you know janarius rob not playing they don't play the same positions but janarius robinson ain't doing much jonathan bullard's not doing a whole lot Uh, the uh, the 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 rookie shows a little bit of a and way oh whatever how do you pronounce it he's been okay but he hasn't really made any plays (laughs) you know that the James Lynch hasn't really done a whole lot. Like they need guys like T, somebody to step up and TY McGill is stepping up big time. And, uh, you, you know, he, the way he's playing now, uh, if he plays anywhere close to that. Uh, again, he's not playing against a lot of the starters either. Uh, he's right. doing this against backups. He's a backup himself, but he's a backup with a lot more experience than these other backups. And, uh, so maybe he's feasting on inferior competition in a way. He he knows he's got good good uh, pass rushing moves. He knows how to work things. He knows how to recognize things. So maybe that could be a reason why he's excelling so much. But I don't think so. I think that you know he's going to be a valuable piece of this defense going into the year. And like I said, uh, I love a story like T. Y. McGill, somebody you don't expect, late bloomer, uh, and really just comes out of nowhere and becomes a contributor to the team. I mean, that is like a huge bonus for the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Vikings defense. And maybe also uh, just Ed Donatel and, and the defensive line coach Rump. maybe they just found a way to get to this guy and, and bring out the best. in
1: Yeah, and you can't beat that with a stick. I think it's a good nope. thing. Um, other good players from the game, we had uh, Patrick Jones had a good game. And he continues. That's two in a row that he has yes. showed promise. So he is building a case for himself to be one of the two primary backups in the edge department behind Zadarius Smith and uh Daniel. And I
0: like where and I like uh, how Jones has developed, or how uh, so far from what I've seen in the two recent games, making making himself noticeable a lot more than he did in his rookie year. Uh, And last year, we weren't expecting him to set the world on fire, but I think he did less than we would have liked. And Maybe part of that was Mike Zimmer to blame, just not trusting the Rooks and not giving him the opportunities. But when he did get opportunities last year, he didn't really do much with them. This year, he's more impactful in the two preseason games, and he's been going up against some starter guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I like where his development is at right now, um, Patrick Jones. Um, another defender last night that I thought was at least not terrible, which maybe isn't a great uh <laughs> you, know, you, know, a, a, you know, the great comp, but I thought a Caleb Evans was pretty solid another one. at at left corner, uh tackled well, uh didn't uh, was around the ball. Um Still, I think he gives up too much cushion. He's a little bit cautious, maybe too cautious in in his coverage, but uh, that's to be expected. But uh, I thought he played, uh, you know, r- relatively well. Uh, and again, uh, on a night when, especially in the second half, when the tackling left a lot to be desired from the Minnesota Vikings defense, he was a guy who was solid tackling. I felt the, the, pretty much the whole night. Um, so and he when Booth that- went
1: down, Booth rolled his ankle, supposedly aggravated a previous injury. And he's going to be susceptible to that um, lower ankle twist, ankle rolls, which means he's going to need more tape next time, Mister mm-hmm. Trainer. Um, he should be back soon. I, I don't even expect him to miss next week. But it's when the Caleb Evans got even more time and shined. I agree with you. He did well. Another
0: the. Go ahead and go ahead, Dave.
1: I was going to say another uh, good one was, believe it or not, Amir Marset, Uh Smith Marset as receiver.
0: Not as a punt returner.
1: No. <laughs> not as a punt returner. And we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah. But as a receiver, he did okay. So, you know, there was that. Um, let's see. Blake Brandel had a good, decent game as backup tackle. Um Ones that didn't, Kellen Mond, we've already discussed that. We'll get into it more. Janarius Robinson didn't have a good game. Zach Davidson. Zach, 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 Zach. <laughs> you got to catch the ball before you run, buddy. That's
0: that is, it works. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is, that is uh, job number one of somebody who catches the ball for a living. Catch yes. the ball. <laughs> catch the ball.
1: Um, he had he dropped a sure touchdown he dropped a couple other passes and it's just like it's gonna be you know at the beginning we all got excited maybe he has a chance I don't think he has a chance he'll end up if he's lucky on the practice squad I don't think he makes the tight end group the room unless it's via practice squad
0: and you know another guy like, the Uh, one guy I'd like to mention is just, this won't be based on any grades that we have. And and then the Vikings running attack last night was pretty uh, poor overall, but uh, the more I see uh, a Ty Chandler, the more I'm liking of him. Uh, He he didn't, he got the most touches of the running backs and and he didn't have a great average. I think it was like under three yards per carry, but that was everybody on the Vikings last night. But he, he just has like, he's got a way he can make guys miss uh, and he knows what he's doing out there, it looks like, as far as hitting holes or cutting back. Uh, he's good at getting a little bit of extra off of contact. Uh, I think that the Vikings have found something with with Ty Chandler, even if even if last night's game was not the eye-opening stat-wise that the Raiders game was for a lot of Vikings fans. But I think uh, Ty Chandler may have the, the number three running back spot. Um, if it's not sewn up, it's getting close for him.
1: Or four. See, this is where... What Drew asked about, where do you get if you only keep two quarterbacks, where's that extra position go? I can see them keeping Cook, Madison, Madison to be is expendable, but Madison, Muangu, because you know they're going to keep Wang Chung. Yes. Yep. If anything for kicker turns. But even he looks good running the ball. Yes, and, he does. And Ty Chandler. That's four running backs right there, plus CJ Ham. That's a mm-hmm. five back room. That is a fat room. It and is. I, and I could see that because of wanting to keep those guys, I can see why that helps make the decision. Let's go with two quarterbacks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think even uh, Kenny, Kenny Wongwu is a. Uh, which has surprised me a bit is that he's looked good as a pass receiver as well mm-hmm. out of the backfield, and that that is that is key in the Rams type offense that Kevin O'Connell's running, and actually it's key in any NFL offense you're running because uh, screen the screen game is big these days. So,
1: uh, uh, and Drew says Chandler reminds him of Jet McKinnon. I, I agree there, and I think Wang Chung there's a little bit of that in him too. So, I think it's very very good. Tim says. McGill is not going anywhere. I didn't think so. Um, then we get to this one. Believe it or not, uh, Schlotman played halfway decently last night, which makes you wonder and go, hmm. Because we know one of the big deficiencies so far this season is that Garrett Bradbury still is having problem with pressure up the middle on his pass blocking. Schlotman had a decent grade last night. However, we got to remember it's against twos and threes for the most part. Um, There was some one, couple ones mixed in, just like we had at Ingram playing. But it was, uh, it makes you go, hmm. Could (laughs) Schlotman be the answer at center?
0: yeah i don't think he is but um <laughs> i don't think Bradbury is either which is really the problem for the vikings is they don't have any answers at center right now at least not what i'm thinking and and uh, get craig's talking about josh so- sokol mm-hmm. uh, that uh, you know long shot to make the team for sure uh, and he has he he has been able to get a fair number of snaps in the two pre- preseason games and i suspect he'll get uh, a fair amount in the third preseason game so uh yeah, I, um, potentially, I, I still don't think he's – I think he's a practice squad guy, and he's a guy you can get on the practice squad. Uh, I think the fact that the that the the Vikings got Chris Cooper uh, as the offensive line coach from the Broncos, and Schlottman played under him for the Broncos, and they brought Schlotman over, and if Schlotman is not stinking it up and he hasn't been in the two preseason season games, I don't see how there's any way he doesn't make the team and probably – I don't see any way that he's not also the backup center uh, right. the way things are going, and maybe it's a Mason Cole situation again, where you know Cole was not a not a great player. If you look at his PFF grades throughout his career, uh, not particularly stellar, but uh, he had position flexibility, and when he he was around as the Plan B for the Vikings at center, and they had to use Plan B, and and, and then Cole ended up playing better than Bradbury until right, totally so he got they, hurt. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Schlottman has the same opportunity happen to him if Bradbury keeps on struggling, particularly in pass pro, where like you, like you say, keeps on getting forklifted into Cousins, which you don't want because Cousins can't step into his throws then, and he gets jumpy when he's got pressure up the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of pressure, let's talk about Ed Ingram.
0: Ha! All right,
1: Nick Olson put this out last night, and this was before the sack. Find the starting find the starting offensive lineman. And Ed had, to me, a relatively decent game. He didn't get graded nicely, especially on pass pro, because of the next play that came out. But he was dominating, and the guy he was going against was one of their starters, one of the few starters they
0: played. Javon Kinlaw.
1: Yep. Uh, Ed Ingram today said uh, the battle with Jesse Davis – To start, regard that he probably helped himself on Saturday, but he's going to just keep working on it, which I love the attitude. But let's get to that next play. This is the play that he got beat on. Kinlaw beat him. You can see him running past him right there. It took a lot of time once the ball was snapped for this to take place. And yes, he got beat. But look at the field view here. If you look at Kellen Mond sitting back there, one, he could run to his right where there's nobody there except for number 75 who has a blocker in front of him. There's a decent hole between him and uh, Ingram. However, Ingram would have to ride his guy all the way beyond him. But look at the open receivers. I see three open wide receivers in this view. If you look downfield, the top wide receiver, which I think is Amir Marcet, you look further down, you see one. And uh, the one on the bottom at, on the right side is not opened, he's covered. And if you look at the dump receiver, the check down receiver, which is probably one of the tight ends. He is
0: wide open. He is wide open, could have caught it, and would have probably Mm -hmm. got a first down. So
1: uh, Ingram did get beat on that. He says, uh, today I've been working on not oversetting, and on that play I overset it, and he just got by me. So it was just bad offense on me, and that's something I need to continue to work work on which is good. I love that he's identified what it is and that he's going to keep continue to work on it. He also s- said he felt like he played very physical. He knows his assignments. He got beat on that one play inside, which ended up with the sack by Javon Kinlaw. So he's got something to work on. I agree. He should not be thinking he's got everything down. He should be working on it for the rest of his career. That's the way he gets better. But that is it. There's one more player I wanted to highlight out of the game. Brian Asamoa. Yes. Brian Asamoa seemed to have another decent game. I have a film clip here I want to show you where he busts up the middle, sheds his blocker, and grabs the running back and stuffs him in the hole. That is exactly what you want to see from a linebacker. I want to see that every single time. Now, if you want to see that again, let's go again, because it's fun to look at. Boom. Guy didn't even reach the line of scrimmage, and then there's gang tackle after that. Brian Asamoa McGill in there again. Yep. <laughs> Brian Asamoa to me has basically locked up that first linebacker off the bench room. So
0: He was around the ball a lot uh, last night David uh, didn't make uh, always make the, the play but uh, like that what like that one play there you go where he he did the things that we knew he could do right like mm-hmm. great closing speed and ability to wind in on, a, on a, like a crevice opening uh, but what I like on that play is that uh, we know Asamoa is not a big linebacker mm. uh, uh, you know weight wise and height wise but he's a stocky kid uh, for the height and weight that he is but but he, he met a running back head on and the running back didn't move him an inch and so I feel good about that because that's one of the things Asamoa is going to have to prove is that at the NFL level, when he gets a one-on-one with a running back or that he can take them down and not be moved backwards or, or get run over. And on that play, he was the one doing the running over, not vice, vice versa. So that mm-hmm. is a great uh, little clip and very encouraging from Asimola, who I agree I thought played pretty well last night when he did play. And uh, I think, uh, and he's just learning. He's just getting going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he starts getting it and he understands the NFL game, who knows what this kid could accomplish with the kind of skills that he has at his disposal?
1: Right, and he's got two good veterans in Hicks and Kendricks to learn behind. I think it's. I think especially next year, most likely a year after, we're going to have a great linebacker. It's. I think the world of them. Was there any other takes on that last night's game that you wanted to talk about?
0: Well, I don't know if uh, I want to, again, make too much of it because of a couple of things. I don't want to make too much of it because, again, second stringers, third stringers, Like the, the only Viking starters that played were, and one of them's not even a starter yet, is Ed Ingram, who might mm-hmm. be the starter at right guard. And the other guy was Armand Watts, played uh, he started and he again is not guaranteed to be a starter but we think he's going to be one of the starting defensive ends uh, in the three four so those are the only two viking starters that played um, but um, on on offense on offense the the third down woes again like the vikings i think are like three for 120 on third down in the two preseason games so far uh they're just not getting anything going i don't expect that to be a problem with when you got cousins in there when you got the starting offensive lineman in there when you got cook jefferson Thielen and irv smith jr when he gets back but uh, i don't know just something that is not right uh when you're when your backups are like that and uh, again the tackling especially in the second half um Way too many missed tackles and not mm-hmm. enough penetration at the line of scrimmage and and uh, and the 49ers offense had some super super long you know Drive. ten plus play drives mm-hmm. that just ate the clock and you look at the game stats and they had like a almost uh, almost close almost. to like a two to one two to one uh, in t- time of possession advantage over us, so it's not surprising that the Vikings lost. The game. (laughs) So those aren't really things that I want to see, even when it's our backups going against their backups. I want our backups to beat their backups. They didn't do that last night.
1: Now, do you put any of that on O'Connell for trying to scheme them to play a little bit better, even if it's vanilla? Yeah,
0: well, it's. like the, the thing about the defense is that I was noticing with the 49ers is that the 49ers blitzed, I don't know if a lot, but they seemed they were blitzing a fair bit. In two games, the Vikings have rarely blitzed. They've been sending four guys, three or four, pretty much 100% of the time. So Ed Donatel is not showing any of his tricks or cards uh, so far, and I'm okay with that. Um I just want to see the, like a but I don't want us to get pushed off the line of scrimmage uh 3 or 4 yards right. I don't I don't want us to miss tackles when tackles need to be made I think that's stuff that has got nothing to do with vanilla defense or scheme that's just guys with the right you know not playing with the right technique and getting beat by the other guy one on one and again I don't want to see our backups lose to anybody and not their backup so um I don't mind the 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 vanilla stuff if, if we're being very basic, just about every team is doing that. Um, and coaches want to save their bag of tricks for when it really counts. And uh, I think that's the way it should be.
1: Should in the next game, preseason game three, the last preseason game at Denver, should Kevin O'Connell play the starters?
0: Uh, I will wouldn't. he play the starters? I don't think he will. He's seems to be doing what um, uh, quite a few coaches in this preseason have done. Uh, and uh, David is that they're prioritizing health of the starters over reps and snaps in meaningless preseason games. Uh, he's done that. I thought he was going to play the starters a bit this game, but uh, I, I guess they considered the two joint practices. The two joint, were, joint practice were, on
1: Wednesday and Thursday was their work.
0: Yeah. Whereas, you know, like the – Andy Reid's got like a different view of it because right. last because year, he, last well, year he played Mahomes in the third preseason game, and he played him a fair bit, and he's played him in this preseason as well as other starters. So yeah, he had and, two or
1: three series. Yeah, yesterday as well.
0: I. Uh, Yeah, I don't like. uh, I I feel that the only way that it would make a whole lot of sense and be meaningful to have the starters play is if you're actually going to play them a lot. Uh, I don't see any point in putting them in there for like two series and then yanking them. Uh, If you're going to play them, play them for a full half or maybe even three quarters just so you've seen them play almost a full game in the new offense with each other, even though a lot of them have played with each other for, you know, Years. multiple yeah. seasons, multiple seasons so far, but they haven't played multiple seasons with this coaching staff and in this offense and in this defense with, uh, so, been, you know, to me, there would be value in, in, in the starters playing more, but, you know, if, uh, Justin Jefferson tears a knee in game number three, and he's out for the season. Right. Uh, Darren, Darren's going to be irate
1: <laughs> that and, he was and in the fans game. will be screaming. Now it's, yeah. the question is: All right, if you don't play them, they're obviously healthy for week one. But do you run into the fact that just like we were seeing yesterday, there was players that were getting gassed, and it was only the twos and the threes playing—you know, half a game each—and they were getting gassed. They're not. It takes a while to get. Yes, they're hitting during camp. There's not a whole lot of it, but they are doing some hitting. And yes, they're in the best shapes of their lives. But but shapes and football shapes are two different things. I wonder if you're, he's it's a gamble of some sorts. And he may be saying, no, the risk isn't there. I'm going to keep everybody healthy. To week one, these guys are working. They're going to be fine. Dave, you're worried about it too much. And now, be, but when they get up to Green Bay, playing in Week One here at U.S. Bank at home, I'm curious if they're going to run into um, conditioning issues late in the you know the fourth quarter, and, and that happens across the NFL. You see it in those early weeks where guys aren't used to being out there. And it's the hotter time of the year, not that playing indoors has anything to do with that, but it's the hotter time of the year, and people run out of energy. I I worry that holding them off to then could be a disadvantage, but it's up to Kevin O'Connell. We don't know.
0: And I I, Before the show, I didn't get a chance, but I was going to take a look at Green Bay's two preseason games to see – we know Aaron Rodgers isn't playing at all, uh, but he doesn't need to. But uh, I, I, I did want to take a look at, like Aaron Jones hasn't played at all. I think during the preseason, I think that they've, Uh, Matt Lafleur has done sort of the same. I don't think they've played very many of their starters the first two preseason games, so I think that argument could uh, could be you know could go goes for for both sides. And the first game is in is in US Bank Stadium, which is climate controlled. Uh, So I don't know. It's not like you're going to be playing down in Houston, Texas, uh, Miami,
1: or someplace like that. Miami
0: or something like that, where humidity is
1: sky high and it's 97 degrees.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that they're you, you, you know it's legit to to worry about like the rust factor, uh, just the fact that these guys have not played in a real game. But if both teams are in that boat, then uh, I don't have too city? many concerns about it. Yeah. I don't have too many concerns about it. But it, it, you know it's something to think about. But you've got as a coach, you got to make a decision uh, based on whatever the evidence that you have. Uh, because you 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 can't do it both ways you got to do it one or the other you either (laughs) got to play the starters and and have them get them in game shape or you rest them and make sure they're healthy for the first game and uh he's chosen option number two and uh, we are going to find out early on in the season whether uh we may find out anyway whether that was the right call or not but with a veteran team like the vikings i think um Again, this is probably weighing into the the third theme of our show, but mm-hmm. with a, a veteran team like the Vikings, there really shouldn't be any yeah. excuse for them to be like terribly rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been around. Dan, Danielle Hunter, Adarius Smith,
1: they've Hunter, you know, Harrison
0: Smith—they've yeah. been around for years.
1: So, speaking of the second thing, let's go to theme two. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. Now we get to more of our planned area. You wanted to talk about Ed Ingram,
0: him, and and a few other positional battles. Uh, There are not very many of them on this Vikings team, which is uh, might seem a bit odd for a team that's missed the playoffs the past two years that most of their starting positions are, you know, we felt they were pretty set. But one that was not set was at right guard. And uh, Jesse Davis came in as it looked like he was the the starting guy. He was going to be the, the top guy, uh, was, was so in training camp. But then uh, in against the Raiders, uh, Ed Ingram was one of the highest rated Vikings offensive players, and Jesse Davis was the lowest-ranked offensive player. And even though Davis only played seven snaps in the Raiders game, the snaps he played that I saw, he got beat and did not look very good. Um, whereas Ed Ingram had a, had a very strong game. And then during joint practices, we read that Ingram was w- running with the ones one day. Davis was uh, – I believe you had said that he had he had, hurt, he had an injury. Inch- I
1: think he's got an elbow injury.
0: Yeah. Either he had he an Reeves
1: elbow injury elbow and the other one's got arm something
0: so that but you know that made everybody go hmm uh, uh, like it, it mm-hmm. and it looks it looks like that ed ingram is now the front runner i don't think the, the battle is over but he looks like the front runner to be the starting right guard when the vikings play that team from wisconsin in you know in <laughs> however many days uh and uh, the uh you know yet last night's game against the 49ers you've we've already talked about him uh, I thought Ingram was you know didn't play as well as he did against the Raiders but he wasn't you know horrendous horrible uh, and uh I, I think that this position battle isn't still over but it's looking like Ed Ingram um, the guy, guy that we starter yep. is going to be the starter and I think so far that he has earned uh, um, that that right and Every draft profile I read of Ed, Ed Ingram when we got drafted, we we know that he got drafted a little bit higher than some consensus boards had him. But every draft profile that I have seen from Ed Ingram said eventually, eventually he was going to be a starter in the NFL for whoever drafted him, and it looks like that he is. That time has come a little bit quicker than we expected, but I'm happy with that. Jesse Davis is who he is. Not a very a mediocre journeyman, not very good. Um, again, like I said last mm-hmm. week, he is not the future at that position, and and Ed Ingram is. And if if they're about equal, I prefer if Ed, Ingram, Ed Ingram to put in there. Give it to Ed Ingram, and it looks like he has. Now, again, uh, he could maybe if he has a horrible next game. I don't know if Davis is going to play at all, but if Ingram looks really shaky in the final preseason game, maybe O'Connell and Chris Cooper. And Wes Phillips think a little bit. Well, you know, we better put the veteran in and see how that goes. But uh, what I've seen from Ingram is that he does not look over. You know, he does not look wide-eyed. He looks like he belongs out there. I think he's a confident kid. We know that he's he's saying all the right things about being hardworking and working mm-hmm. on his his areas, his mistakes, yeah,
1: oversetting and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he knows what he's doing wrong, and he just has to correct it. Uh, so I, you know, I this is. Looking good to me. This is what you and I wanted to see: Ed Ingram taking the taking the bull by the horns and winning the job over Jesse Davis.
1: Aaron uh, mentioned he created a hole, especially in the red zone. And during the game last night, when we ran it, I'm trying to remember who was the one that ran it in. Um, he did. eight but just it was run behind Ed Ingram, and Ed Ingram just blew everybody wide
0: open. And it was Ty, Ty Chandler that got that. That, that, that scored point. that TD, but uh, last week when we were talking about In- Ed Ingram, um, uh, I said, you know, and I was talking about my struggles with assessing the offensive line play because. Uh, right. But one th- one of the things I said was that if you know if he isn't give if you don't Thank see you. The, if you don't see the other team uh, getting pressure up the middle on our quarterbacks and if when we're running the ball. Uh, when we're running to the right side, Ingram's side, we're getting good gains. Uh, That's probably an indication that he's playing pretty well. And against the Raiders, both of those things happened, which indicated to me that in my untrained eye that Ed Ingram was at least partly uh, responsible for creating those holes, creating that good pass protection. And he wasn't a liability out there and far from it. His grades in that game showed that he was an extremely valuable asset to the Vikings Mm -hmm. offensive line.
1: That brings us on to Ty Chandler, speaking of the
0: touchdown. <laughs> well, yes, I think, like we said, uh, I, I don't think uh, Madison keeps on getting uh, – he ran pretty well last night in the limited mm-hmm. reps it got, uh, but uh, I think the Vikings are comfortable with him as the backup. But, you know, if for some reason, if a team is really short with running back depth, they have some – Bad injuries here in the next week or so. Perhaps Madison is is trade bait, just based on what Ty Chandler has done so far in the running game and how he's looked. He looked very comfortable uh, at the pro level. Like I said, great at making uh, the first guy miss. He's good at getting uh, an extra yard or so after contact and uh, catches the ball well out of the backfield from what we've seen so far. I haven't really gotten a read on his uh, pass pass protection yet, which is important as well. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I would I would feel I don't know if the Vikings coaching staff is, but I would feel reasonably comfortable with him being Cook's backup from what I've seen so far.
1: Uh, see, I still want to go with uh, Wang Chung. Yeah, yeah. Kanae. yeah Knei has done well, and he's like I said he's catching passes out of the backfield. He's running smoothly, and we know if he gets in open space, he's gone. He's got that speed. He and Chandler both are fast, so um, they are. Aaron says Madison runs downhill really well, but his vision stinks. Yes, that's the problem with Madison.
0: It is. That's what keeps him from being, I think, a starter in this league. Mm-hmm. Is the vision stuff. But so there's that. Uh, but I think another one, uh, the positional battles that uh, is becoming a bit clearer now as we get late into training camp was the other outside cornerback spot opposite of Patrick Peterson. There was some chatter that like the Vikings were looking, had Andrew Booth Jr. competing against camp dancer for that other spot opposite of Patrick Peterson. I didn't really think that was the case, but I think that competition is pretty much over at this point. Uh, Dancers looked very, look very solid last week against the Raiders Everything we've Most everything we've read about from the beat writers and training camp is that he's had a very, very strong camp, been beat by Justin Jefferson a few times, but everybody has been. So and no he, had a great, he had a great yeah.
1: two days against San Francisco as well.
0: That's right. The joint practices did very well. He's a guy going into his third year. He's had two years where he's played a fair bit. Uh, he knows how to play. At oh, the, you're funny, Rocco. Rocco, 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 what are you doing, man? <laughs> there must be a Packers show on now you can watch. <laughs> yeah, go back uh, into history
1: about the 40s when they won their championships.
0: Oh yeah, well, but but anyway, welcome, welcome if if you're gonna stick around. Uh we, we like viewers even if they don't cheer for the Vikings. Um but but yeah, I think Dancer's a guy. He's he's again, he's in his third year. I think he understands how to how to play at the NFL level, what he can get away with, what he, what he can't get away with. And on the other hand, Andrew Booth has got to work on those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, very competitive as hell, wants to fight everybody, very confident, but can get grabby. Uh, and he, he got, again, called on uh, two penalties on the same play against the Raiders, which uh, you don't all see right. every day. Uh, I think so. He's but got he didn't to learn, have any
1: penalties last night.
0: No, no, that's right. Uh, we've got to hope that the ankle injury uh, isn't something that bugs him and holds him back. Hopefully uh, very he's Oh very tape it
1: unfortunate. Up, tape, it up, tape it
0: up. Tape it up. Very unfortunate, but I think that I think he's still Boo Jr. A lot of potential there, but I think he he needs time to really learn how to play at the NFL level. Again, understand that the things that he did in college and could get away with, he cannot get away with at the NFL level right. anymore. And a lot of that is a lot of getting hands on the receiver. They don't allow you to do that as much at the NFL level. And with Dansler and Patrick Peterson both in on the team he has the time to learn those things over grow. the next few weeks he has time to grow and maybe yeah maybe later in the year uh he i he does take over for somebody uh maybe it's chandon sullivan in the slot maybe it's maybe it's patrick peterson
1: well uh, or maybe I, a rotation to give those guys yeah. a break yes
0: yeah and uh yeah I, zimmer liked to do it was that uh, he rotated in his cornerbacks Mm-hmm. too like uh that you had to start her but sometimes you know trey waynes in his rookie and second year went in there for terrence newman Had a, you know played a few series i don't know whether ed donatel is going to go that way with booth jr but uh booth jr he needs a little bit of seasoning i think most young cornerbacks do and that is uh, and so yeah i think that cam Dancer's got the starting spot opposite of patrick peterson locked up and i think that he's going to do very very well there as i've talked about many times
1: that brings us to Will Raggots.
0: <laughs> Mr. Raggots. Yes. I'm forgetting what, what this one was about. It was <laughs> I'm forgetting about what, what, that, what they say. I forget.
1: Uh, that Will Raggots <laughs> thinks Amir Marsat, Smith Marsat, right. has an edge over Naylor and Albert Wilson. <laughs>
0: Yes, that's well. It was the the punt return job was is a positional battle that the Vikings needed an answer to, and they have not. Uh, they they didn't have the answer to it uh, at the start of the year, and I think they still don't have the answer to it. Uh, Raggetts may have thought that Ymir Smith Marset had the the edge in that mm-hmm. job, and it certainly looked like that last night because he returned most of the punts, but he had a fumble last night on a pretty simple return. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't put the ball on the ground. Uh, that one of the, the one or two one one of the top three assets you got to have as a punt returner is be sure-handed. Uh, so you can't be putting the ball on the ground as a punt returner. And he did that. He had a one decent return, but you know, I just I don't think that Smith Amir Smith Marset does not look natural uh, returning punts. He didn't do it in college. He didn't do it last year. Um, I don't know what the Vikings see in him that they feel that he is the guy. Uh, that's probably an indictment on all of the options that we have so far, that they think oh. Amir Smith-Marset is, is the best guy. And Naylor's uh, another Jay- Yeah, Naylor's in there, but um, if you were the Vikings, if you thought Naylor was the lead, you'd probably have him returning most of the punts last night, and he was not doing that. Uh, but I don't think that this job is Amir Smith-Marset, that he's wrapped it up, and certainly not after fumbling last night. Um, and he, And again, he hasn't... Along with kicking, uh, along with returning kickoffs, David he he doesn't really look really great at that. But we know he's not going to do that job.
1: No, Wang Wu is going to be number one. Chandler is going to be number two on kick return.
0: That's it. But right now, I don't know who the Vikings punt returner is, and uh, we are hoping that can actually
1: return punts.
0: Yes, we are hoping as Viking fans that uh, uh, that with the new defense and the addition of Zadarius Smith and Jordan Hicks that. Opponents are going to be punting a bit more than they did last year. (laughs) So we're we're going to be needing a punt returner who can, like Marcus Sherrill's, that we don't have to worry about that. Sure hands Uh, and
1: then can produce. Philip C says try Chandler back there. I don't know if they've tried him back there yet. I know they went through a handful of players at the very beginning and they seem to have whittled it down to ISM as the primary. It's just like Aaron says ISM makes me nervous.
0: I yeah, I agree uh Aaron uh 110% on that one. Um he makes me nervous. Uh, he I think he dropped or he, he caught one punt in the Raiders game very awkwardly or I think he almost dropped it as well. So uh that, that happens dicks? twice in two that happens uh, yeah. If that happens Verbal says no. Uh <laughs> uh it and um uh, yeah. I don't know right now. I couldn't tell you who the Vikings – I couldn't tell you who the Vikings' best option is there. I just – I haven't seen enough from Albert Wilson. I haven't seen enough from Naylor. What I have seen from Amir Smith-Marset is that he is not the guy we want returning punts, though. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. T. Kubler says QB2 and starting center and tight end issue punt returner is all on crazy. Well – you yeah. hope the coaches can coach some of these guys up to be those, though. Oh, that's just the way it is. Next on your list you had, uh, once we got there, was the struggle for backup quarterback.
0: Yes. Um, after Mond had a, like a pretty strong performance against the Raiders last week, it seemed like he had what we, we wanted to see, all of us, I think most of us, you and I anyway, David, were like, finally – he's got the he's got he's starting to get it he's got the edge Mannion is going to be gone as the backup quarterback and then through the when we the joint practices with the 49ers had uh, we were reading about his continued ups and downs Mannion uh, r- reportedly outplayed him on the second day of joint practices and so Mon didn't really build off his strong performance of the Raiders in the joint practices and he definitely didn't build off on it last night against the 49ers Um and uh, so right now, is who is the guy in the lead? I think it's going to come down to the very last preseason game. Uh, and who plays better in that preseason game? Mannion or Mond is probably the guy that is going to be the backup quarterback or isn't going to be the one they're cutting
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, anyway. Uh, and, we, and I think it's still quite possible the Vikings could br- bring in another veteran to be the mm-hmm. backup because they're not happy with – either Either Mond or Manion or either of those guys. But it's, you know, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, I think Mond this preseason compared to last preseason is definitely a much better player, but he was so bad last year that that's still not up to snuff to be a backup quarterback in the NFL. And uh, we, you talked about one of the issues with him is that he's just up and down. He'll make a nice throw and then he'll miss on an easy throw. And he, the two interceptions last night were like bad, bad lob it up. Like very bad throws. The second one that if he throws it in the right place and that last drive of the game, that's mm-hmm. could have been, that's either a touchdown for the Vikings right. or it's just a, a ball that is an incomplete ball that near on the sidelines that doesn't hurt anybody, but he just under threw it, lobbed it up there and it was like an easy interception. So yeah, Gardner, Minshew, sure, uh-huh. but uh, what are we going to have to give up to get him? And yeah, do the Eagles? It, it, it all depends do on even, Do the Eagles want to even give him up when they got Jalen Hurts right. back there and they're not 100% sold on him? So it, Mon's got everything you need to be a backup quarterback. He's got the size, he's got the mobility, he's got the arm, but I just he just doesn't seem to – he just takes to be – he just does not – He's not seeing the field properly, I think, and he takes too long to make decisions, which leads to holding on the ball too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got to mentally get better to be the backup quarterback. And I don't know; it's not because he's dumb, but just some guys just. It,
1: it that's just what holds him, work. and that's yeah. You know, that was this deal out of college; is he was robotic, and that it takes time. And it's too long, and it's holding the ball. It's patting the ball. Now Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins has a bad habit of doing that too. But you've got to be able to figure that out if you're going to make it in this league. So,
0: got to make the right reads and make the right quick reads. <laughs>
1: yeah. And yes, Mac, they say Irv should, is on track. He's this week he can, he can actually go out and sweat with everybody. So he's on track for week one. <clears throat>
0: And, there, oh. yeah, I think O'Connell was talking about uh, pre, he'd be catching the ball uh, pretty soon as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Aaron trade running back in Bradbury and throwing a wide receiver. Possibly. Yes. Could be. That brings us, <laughs> pardon me, to our favorite subject.
0: Does anybody want Gary Bradbury? I'm not convinced about that.
1: Yeah. Lake Monster Brewing. It's that time of the day when you oh. get thirsty and you want a beer. So you go over to Lake Monster Brewing in St. Paul. Beautiful beer, young, small brewery, food outside, plenty of good people, and outstanding beer. Here's presently what's on tap. I did talk to Matt Lang before the show. I always check in with him at least once a week. He wanted everybody to know that not only can you get what you see there in the goblets and the pints and the cans and everything else, You can get it in a growler, not just a growler, which is a big can, but a growler, glass bottle, right? Glass bottle. All you got to do is ask, and you can get it in a growler, and you can take it home so you have plenty of it there for your Sundays to watch the Vikings, and it's absolutely perfect. And when you get done, just bring it back, get it cleaned up, exchanged, get a new one, and life is good.
0: The only thing about the Growlers, David, is that, uh, that it's a lot of beer and uh, it goes flat quickly. So you basically – you got to drink it within 24 hours or, or else it doesn't quite have the pop the next day. It At least all that's depends. what I found. That's it what all, I found from Growlers.
1: It all depends on what you consider a
0: lot. This is true. If you do this a, a
1: six-pack on a, a game day, it's not a six-pack. So it's not even that.
0: No, that's true. Um I don't know I just I just can't handle those a 7 and 8% alcohol level uh a six uh, beers. pack of those <laughs> and, and I'm like passed out. <laughs>
1: well, well that happens and that's where shackles comes from. Right? Drew? <laughs> um we have a new partner. Ooh. This one up in Canada. Hey, in, yes. In Ontario, which is a wee bit of a drive for you, I know. But uh <laughs> we have East Side Jiu-Jitsu. This one is uh Opening up, they're opening up in the next two weeks, and they are Vikings fans, and they wanted to join the show. So if you are in the Orleans area of Ontario, and you want to learn jujitsu, uh, yoga, women's only classes, this, that, another, check them out. It's brand new, they're opening up, they've got brand new equipment, rooms, everything else, it should be great. Yes, Sackles. Sackles is due to a lot of beers and what defensive linemen should be doing and creating. So that brings us to theme three. <laughs> Here you had What does the NFL preseason mean to you?
0: Yes we got the dynamic duo there, Kwasi Odofa-Mensa, Vikings Mm -hmm. general manager, Kevin O'Connell, head coach. Uh, And, yes, uh, you know, we wait a long time, David, for football to start, including which starts with preseason football. Uh, And And we're waiting longer
1: to see the starters.
0: That's right. Yes, very long. Uh, And the question always is, as a fan – you know, do wins in preseason translate into more wins in September, October, November, December, and January? Or uh, do you look at it as like wins in preseason are not indicative of what kind of team you're going to have and whether you're going to get wins or not get wins in September, October, November, and December, and January, right? Uh, I tend to take the latter uh, view of that. I think you do too, Uh, but when you look at yeah yeah crazy just smoked a fatty (laughs) yeah yeah so i i but i I think after the after the raiders game for sure i was a lot of vikings fans were uh a bit testy miffed not Mm -hmm. very happy with the vikings performance uh feeling a bit down all of a sudden about the vikings prospects for 2022 that we were crap we were terrible the season was over I suspect that last night's game didn't uh, allay didn't any of those us. concerns uh, from from anybody. But it's
1: but, only the twos and threes, people. We are, we still haven't seen the starters.
0: That's right, and so I think you know. What kind of team are the Vikings going to have in twenty twenty two uh for everybody out there Viking fans and m- most people in this chat are not these people <laughs> or right. probably any of them I think we've got a very smart level headed gr- groove that tunes into our show every week except for drew uh just joking drew, thanks for always watching but um but i you know I think here's where we gotta i hate to bring this guy up, but this is where we do I the really old. Would. Aaron Rodgers 2014 that team from Wisconsin starts out 1 and 2 the the you know the the cheeseheads are going crazy they think the season's over and Rodgers gets on a radio show and he says one word r e l a x relax, relax. He said we're going to be fine and unfortunately that ended up being the case uh the, the packers were fine and I think that Vikings fans who are worried about what they've seen in the first two games have to R-E-L-A-X because like you said, no Kirk Cousins, no Dalvin Cook, no Justin Jefferson, no Daniil Hunter, no Zazaria Smith and on and on and on. You know, mm-hmm. you and I could go. The starters haven't been playing. doesn't look like they will be playing in the third preseason game. And, you know, I just, you got, you got to put that into, you got to put it into perspective. We've had two games of backups and, Second stringers and third stringers and fourth stringers and maybe even fifth stringers playing the majority of the snaps. What we're seeing does not mean a whole lot. A little bit, maybe a little bit differently, because yes, it's a new coach, a new general manager. We got new offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, positional coaches putting in new offensive and defensive systems, and a lot of our players haven't played under those systems. So, you know, I think you want to see the starters out there. You want to see that the Vikings are looking good in these new systems, but it hasn't happened yet. I don't think that you've got to like, I'm not concerned, really concerned at all. I think that there's been way more positive things that I've seen from individual players. Yeah. There's been way more positive things I've seen individually from the Vikings players in these two preseasons games. than I saw in any of the three last year when the Vikings also played very sloppy, looked very uncompetitive in pretty much all all three of the games and uh, and there just wasn't anybody you could think about other than aj rose that really stood out and did anything of note at all but we just talked about ty mcgill a little while ago uh, we've been talking about ty chandler talking about ed ingram mm-hmm. um ryan asamoa all of these a lot of these are and three of those guys are young young guys lewis
1: scene um, is making yeah. progress yes
0: so, so you know i'm looking at again those just some of those uh types of things uh, i think the uh, offensive line particularly in the raiders game looked a lot better than it had at other times last year i think there's there's more positive things that i've seen in the two preseason games so far again than anything i saw last year in preseason and i just you know i Kevin O'Connell is prioritizing the health of the starters over getting them into these games and getting them a few plays. And that's okay with me. Again, I'm not worried. We're we're talking about who's going to be the backup quarterback, who's going to be the punt returner. Not that those are huge issues, but uh, Ted Glover was talking about it on our Gallahorn site Mm -hmm. earlier today. Mm -hmm. You and him kind of went back and forth on it about, you know, if those are your concerns going into a season. We
1: have a pretty decent team.
0: Yeah, maybe your team isn't so bad after all. So let's wait until they play the Packers and then and see how that thing go before we think the world is over and everything is terrible all the time. What's what's that uh, term that you that Drew has coined? Uh, I can't remember, but oh, I, I, yeah, I think...
1: The, oh, he calls I, it something. Yeah, everybody's, yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. Everything sucks all the time or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that... You, you, but really, let's wait till the real, real, real football starts. I still am very enthused about what team the Vikings will be in twenty twenty two, and I do that by just looking at the roster and looking at the players that we have and the schedule uh, and the schedule. Who, and, what quarterbacks again,
1: we're playing, uh, etc. It's
0: and and listening to uh particularly in the joint practices against the 49ers how well our offense looked and two minute drills and other other things yeah there we go uh everything sucks all the time there we go that's (laughs) that's what that acronym is for but so you know relax people if you're concerned if the vikings go zero and two or or you know zero and two oh and three to start the season then yeah then it's time to get concerned but i don't think that's going to happen And I certainly don't think that's going to happen based on what I've seen in two preseason games when basically none of the starters have played at all, like not even one snap.
1: Mm -hmm. Or you could go the route of Aaron Rodgers and start taking psychedelics. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of relaxing. Yes. It it works. Um, We could save a spot with a lineman punter. He's not a lineman because he wears number sixty-six. He's not a lineman, unless you are talking about uh, the kid. Was it Zach Davidson? David? Yeah. Punt Davidson punt,
0: punts punted in college, yeah, but uh, he's not playing offensive line.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's weird seeing White wear number sixty-six. And He looks like a guard. Yeah,
0: he's a big boy,
1: right?
0: barrel guy. Sorry. He's going to be a big boy, unemployed in a week too.
1: Mm -hmm. probably most likely well that's it that's today's show i want to thank everybody for showing up it was a great uh bunch of people in the remarks oh my god you guys were doing great i tried to acknowledge some of you everybody we love you and glad you are here to talk minnesota vikings on a sunday where we have no football we get back into it tomorrow uh, Tyler Fornes is already working on the show tomorrow. He'll be going over some of the things he sees. He's a little bit more of a pessimist than we are. But it should be interesting to see. He will go down. Now, the good thing about Tyler Fornes, who many of you know, he is now the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. He has made the transition to full-time sports reporter and a spectacular fashion, and he continues to work on that, and I wish him luck. You will get to see him tomorrow night as we go there. Tuesday, we have the cutdown day where another five players, and there's a whole bunch you can pick from, but another five players will be released. We shall find out who, and you will get Tanishka Maskar of Climbing the Pocket and Zone Coverage. She will come on live to discuss those five players. As Drew said earlier in speaking of the group, the Gallahorn group, who's up for uh, guessing who those five will be? A good question. Um Wednesday, we have Vikings Happy Hour, possible special guests. And then we start all over. We have a game on Saturday. We have two bloggers. We have final score. We should see how it goes. Should be a fun week.
0: I think I guess we didn't talk about it. I think we're back to our normal Saturday. Uh, Next thing Saturday? This, this week. Before yeah. the game? We only, we only uh, went Sunday this week, folks, because I was on planes and in airports all yesterday, so I couldn't do the show. How much lobster did you eat while you were gone? Uh, roughly about, um, let's see. My mom got eight two-pounders. I would say I ate about six no yeah about six of those eight two pounders so uh 12 pounds of lobster and wasn't nearly enough
1: (laughs) i agree with you i love lobster it's absolutely fabulous great food all right well thank everybody and what do we say we say skull vikings david skull vikings (laughs) thanks for watching like subscribe and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator And a special shout out goes to our partners, the Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody.